0: This podcast is a proud member of the That Moment In podcast network. Check out the network at thatmomentin.com. The Cinema Recall Podcast. These are the episodes where I, your host, Vern, will review a certain horror movie or thriller, and I'm not going to do this alone. I brought in with me Matthew Stewart from the Simplistic Reviews Podcast to discuss both versions of Suspiria. Hello, Matthew.
1: Hey, how are you, Vern? Are you ready to get. My witchy, are you ready to get witchy with me?
0: I, I I will I will get witchy. All right. I don't know exactly what I need to do. I brought along my 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 black coat here, my black coat here, my black robe. I got my candles lit. Got Ooh. my Ouija board. like candles. Oh, you know,
1: this, this, this you, 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 you came prepared. You came fully prepared.
0: Not not quite prepared. All right. I don't have the coat.
1: Oh well, I mean. You know, in, in, you probably have one in spirit. Or maybe, maybe there's one right outside your door. You just don't know about it. Oh, gosh. It's just like that goat from uh... The Witch. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh. witch, well, yeah. witch is witch. Witch is
0: witch. which is witch. Witch. Yeah, we're going <sighs> talk about witches today here, folks. Uh, yeah, so recently there was a uh, retelling, reimagining of the Dario Argento movie Suspiria Uh, Directed by Luca Guanino, who is best known for Call Me By Your Name, and this new one has been getting kind of like polarizing thoughts, and I thought hmm, maybe I should go ahead and try and compare this one to the original Dario Gentle flick, Um, so we're not going to waste any more time, Uh, let's get into it, this is Suspiria. A 1977 feature uh, directed by Dario Gento and it stars Jessica Harper as this American dancer who goes who comes to Germany to train at this dance academy. And throughout the feature, she starts to discover that things are not right at the school, there are a bunch of unexplained murders going on. And she slowly starts to discover that her academy is one run by witches. Now, Matthew, I asked you this, sir: When did you first watch this movie, the original?
1: Uh, the the original Suspiria, watched it in whole was probably wait. I mean, probably about a, maybe ten years ago, I'd have to say. But the first time I really had known about it was way back in the day when Bravo was still a channel. I don't think Bravo is a channel anymore. Um, But they always used to do these right around Halloween, like uh, the 100 most scary moments or the 100 most horrible moments, things like that. Uh, And I used to watch that incessantly all the time. And, of course, the one scene that they would always show or talk about, at least, was, you know, the infamous, I guess you'd call the heart stabbing scene or the stained glass scene or whatever kind of scene you want to have. And I saw that. I was like, wow, this is really interesting. It's super colorful and weird. And everybody was so taken aback and shocked by it I was like oh well um, definitely have to check this out and then I ended up watching another uh, documentary just about Dario Argento um, the, the name of the documentary escapes me but um, talking pretty much all about his, all about his uh, classic film so everything from Inferno to um, uh, opera to everything else in between um, so it got me interested in Argento and seeing Suspiria because I've seen it you know at home, and uh, lucky enough, probably about six, seven months ago, was actually able to see it in the theaters when they were uh, the original 35 millimeter print from Italy was kind of traveling around the country. Um, so, it was lucky enough to see that, and it's it, it, <laughs> it, it's it's hard to really put into words what kind of movie it is.
0: It is, it, you know, I thought it'd it be more like a gothic very fairy tale.
1: It's very fairy tale, very colorful. Very gaudy, very uh, glammy, as well, too. I mean, as everything else in the 70s was. But uh, also very European, so it it was very art-centric as well, too. Um, And I don't know, it was a movie that always interested me, and kind of seeing that stuff as a a younger person, seeing those clips, and then finally seeing the movie, putting it together. Um, And this is, if you're going to watch one Argento film, I think Suspiria is the one that literally most people have seen uh, I would say to be fair.
0: That too and also that's probably the only Jalo movie I've seen. I know there was another one I saw for a site I wrote for a site once and I reviewed one Jalo film but I can't remember what the hell the name of that was Uh, Yeah (laughs) This one is very different because of our gentle I've seen this one and I've seen Inferno and then he did a, uh, I guess, a short for the Masters of Horror series. He did a little thing called Jennifer.
1: Yes. Yeah. Jennifer with one end. Yeah.
0: yeah <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I do remember that, but that's kind of like all I've seen of our gentle flirts. I know everyone says to check out Deep Red, and I will check that one out soon. But what I loved the best about this movie was use of colors. And set designs. I mean, it's got this very bright, colorful look to it with like uh, blues, reds, oh, yeah. and yellows. Uh, the set designs are insane, and I like the fact that everyone who is all the cast members who were making this, they were all speaking in their native language, <laughs> and then later. Our gentleman went back and we dumped this in English. So I'm asking you, when you saw the 35mm print, was that in Italian or. It
1: it was in. uh, What was it? It was in English. However, it was being subtitled. What was it? What was it? It was either being subtitled... I think it was being subtitled live as well, too. So, you know what? Yeah. It was being in native... It was in the native language. So, everybody was speaking Italian or German or whatever everybody was speaking in. And then the guy... Was literally doing a live, being a live stenographer during the entire film, and he knew it. Like he knew he knew the movie like front and back. Like he'd seen the movie a hundred times, a thousand times. So he was able to decipher every single bit of dialogue by him knowing it and just doing live uh, subtitling as well too. So um, it was very interesting. <laughs> and I mean, who am I who am I to you know go against what he knew already? It was like, oh, I guess that's what they're saying. But it was funny because everybody's speaking so many different languages and the dialogue is kind of cheesy or dubbed or everything just looks really... It could be the crowd, too. You know, It's kind of a it was kind of a hipster. Uh, <laughs> full of hipsters, anyway. It's like, oh, I love Argento. I love uh, the bird with the crystal plumage and Cat of Nine Tails and everything. But, you know, so Spirit is fun, but it's not its best. So it's, it was that kind of crowd a little oh, bit. Geez. but uh, okay. But it, it, it was still a fun experience. And the fact that he was doing live... Um, subtitling as well too Was kind of a nice little uh, Kind of extra Quirk with the film too
0: You know I kind of like the fact that It was dubbed the English Because it has this alt cultured yeah. Vibe to it though Because when you watch the dub version though Their mouths don't match Yeah, You're like going into a different realm Just like uh, Susie Bannon is um, Susie is, of course is played by I'm sorry uh, Chester Harper Play Susie Banyan. She's our lead dancer in this. Um, and then the fact that she's speaking English, everyone else is speaking English, but their mouths don't match. is yeah. like she's going <laughs> to this fantastic world. And I knew that Argenta was highly, heavily influenced by Walt Disney features.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, mainly, I think it was a like Sleeping Beauty. And if you look at Stills of Sleeping Beauty, you can kind of tell the color palette that he was going for. That one and also Snow White and The Seven Dwarves, mm-hmm. you can kind of see that color palette being used in all of this. Um, I do know that this one was shocking at the time, and when I rewatched it in theaters, because so they were playing like a special 4K edition of this at this uh, museum house I went to, and mm-hmm. the colors were very bright, um, I have to mention the score from Goblin,
1: because
0: mm-hmm. that theme music is probably one of the most iconic kind of like the theme music to horror movies that's up there with like the halloween theme song um that's up there with the little girls chanting from nightmare on elm street it's up there with rosemary's baby the exorcist yep. um i think it's absolutely brilliant score i honestly i think that's probably the only piece of music is that theme they just kind of play it throughout
1: yeah and they just kind of do different chants with it and everything so it's the same like you know, do 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 do, things like that. But yeah. then they have that really like low drum and bassing that they do too, with the chanting behind it too. So there's basically just like two pieces of music throughout the entire uh film. So you have the overarching, you know, very whimsical, very fairy tale sounding, you know, do 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 and then you have that like it sounds like you know it sounds like something out of like Naked City or something like that like John Zorn music or something like that so um, and actually Goblin's back on tour again so if anybody's looking to go see Goblin they're doing the I think they're doing the entire Suspiria soundtrack which doesn't really have a lot of uh, music to it but
0: uh, I would
1: be kind of Suspiria and you know
0: I would be kind of curious to check that out a little bit because yeah. it doesn't sound. It is a rock band because when you listen to the full yeah. song, it does start rocking a little bit.
1: Mhm, it, it it does, and it's like a four. I think it's a four piece band in yeah. total, and uh, yeah, they look like basically like Italian old heavy metal people because it's like three guys and one uh one woman in the group. If I'm if I'm correct, I think so.
0: Yeah, I think you're right there. Uh, so I guess what was like the biggest thing you took? from Suspiria
1: from the I mean it was kind of my it was my introduction to Giallo I mean I didn't know I mean I know you know it's uh, Argento and Mario Baba those are your two that kind of when you think of uh, Giallo films you think of those those are the two heavyweights um, at this point you know when you think of the history of Giallo. But it's such a different thing. It takes the kind of interesting concepts of what Hitchcock was doing, but puts a very glamorous, like very high like a high it brings a higher art to the Hitchco- Hitchcock and kind of suspense film in a lot of the stuff. And while this isn't you know, it's got the kind of intrigue and mystery and everything behind it. But like old old Argento stuff, it always has that twist of the supernatural or the occult or something like that, too. But, I mean, it, you, Argento is basically, you know, Italy's, you know, Hitchcock. I mean, pe- my, other people might say, like, oh, well, Baba is. But um, this is his – if there's going to be one film out of his f- filmography that you're going to take and say, well, this is the one that you know him, just like Psycho to Hitchcock, you know, Suspiria to Argento. Is that, and it's a film that I can watch, and I'm not going to turn it off. But it's 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 a weird film. <laughs> it's one of those things I I'll talk to people about, like, hey, want to see Suspiria? Like, hey, I've heard of that film. It's like, oh, let's watch it, and then you're watching it with them, like, they're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I, <laughs> it's I like I, what is this thing? I don't <laughs> i get it.
0: <laughs> I I'm tempted to show a few of my housemates Suspiria just to have them watch it and I'm like I want you guys to watch this film but you don't necessarily have to pay super close attention to it though it's kind of those yeah. movies you can have in the background
1: mm-hmm.
0: and have people kind of catch up on it because it's a very simple storyline uh now I mentioned before that it was like being uh, people were speaking in native languages and dubbed into in English but the dialogue is not something that you really need to pay attention to, like most other movies. You can, no, seriously, you can watch this movie without really having any language on. Like you can have, you can basically have this in the background with no sound on, and you can still understand what's going on.
1: Yeah, it's like watching. It's, it's like watching a moving like art piece or something like that. I mean, the plot isn't terribly deep. I mean, yeah. at, at its base, it's a. A fish out of water story i guess and it's funny because you know like what you're bringing up before with um you know jessica harper's character you know being a stranger in a strange land and everybody's speaking different languages and she's like i'm american i don't know what is going on and there's witches in my dance studio and things like that so there isn't a whole lot to kind of pay attention to i mean if you want to get i mean there isn't a whole lot of depth to it it's a beautiful looking film that is a story it's a supernatural story yeah and that's all you really need to kind of, kind of take away there's nothing that deep but going into the remake or re, whatever retelling or homage or whatever you want to call it oh boy
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> matthew the original suspiria scale yeah. of like from a score of like one to ten <clears throat> where would you rate that at I'm sorry.
1: Oh, yeah, what, I forgot. We do scores. On, we do scores on this show. So one, one,
0: I'm sorry. Not one to ten. One to five.
1: One to five. One to five. If I was to compare it to other films within the genre or subgenre of like Giallo, uh, I'm going to give this kind of like. If I'm going to base it on that. I, because this is like the required viewing if you if you're getting into Italian horror or Euro Euro horror or whatever you kinda of, or Italian horror in general, whatever you wanna do, this is the one you have to see. It's kind of, you know, you have in high school you gotta read, you know, whatever books you have to read. You have to read Hamlet, you have to read all these classics you have to read. Or watch uh, Suspiria just for the sake of watching Suspiria. Um, looking at it now, if I'm going to take compared to other good horror films, I'm probably going to give it close to a three because the story's a little incoherent. It's a little weird. It kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. It's a little bit laughable now when it comes to dialogue and yeah. this weird weird things in it. So for the subgenre, it's a five. But as an overall film, I'd probably give it a. Oh, I'll, you'd I'll be nicer. I'll, I'll give it a three and a half.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's fair. I'm going to be probably a little bit more nicer on this one Uh, because I like the style of it. Uh, I like the use of dialogue. I like the bad dumping of it. I think that just (laughs) adds a lot to it. So they shake you up with all that talk about money? Well, I'm not exactly used
1: to it.
0: Same with me at first. Then I found out it's a charming habit around here. Susie.
1: Sarah. I once read that names which begin with the letter S are the names of snakes.
0: So out of five stars, I'm probably gonna go five out of five. Oof,
1: look at you, man. You you are nice.
0: Well I am I'm gonna be damn nice to that one because <laughs> I just completely am in rapture. After I saw that movie in theaters, yeah, I've just become in love with that movie again. And it's a tight ninety minute feature. It's something I can just pop in and mm-hmm. watch, and it's easy to understand. <laughs> and that's definitely a good segue point. For us to move from Argentos' version to Luca Guadagnino's version. Um, but before we do that, we're going to take a small little break. to play some ads from some other great podcast shows and then we'll return, alright?
1: We'll return after these messages. Hello! Do you like having your podcast interrupted by promos? Probably not. So we'll keep this brief. My name is Chris. My name is Mike. And my name is Justin. And we just wanted to introduce ourselves. We're the Casual Cinecast. We're a weekly podcast that reviews current movies and TV, as well as the occasional dive into classic cinema with the Criterion Collection. We cover everything from Black Panther to Black Narcissus. From Solo to Sallow. From Love, Simon to Simon of the Desert. If that sounds good to you, look us up on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. We'll see you there. Or or something, because... probably won't actually see you but yeah we don't see them when they listen right well okay um well back to your podcast this podcast is a proud member of the lamb podcasting network find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com
0: if you like intelligent and smart movie discussion faces a zombie movie How That's, did he write a book if he doesn't have an arm? Or want to hear the latest news on your favorite actor?
1: Talk some Julianne Moore, I guess.
0: <laughs> Whales have more films than <laughs> Zoe Spontana. <laughs> check out the Lambcast, where no question is too risque. Rachel, do you have a mouth? Check out the Lambcast, the official podcast of the Lamb, the large association of movie blogs, which can be found at largeassmovieblogs.blogspot.com. Si habla espanol. Hola, bienvenido a la. everyone to the cinema recall podcast uh, so yes 2018 Suspiria which kind of follows the same plot up to a certain point uh, Susie Banyan is played by Dakota Johnson and she goes into uh, the dance Academy um, what sets this one apart the school was run by Tilda Swinton she plays Bonne Blanc I think what sets this one up right away Is that in the beginning of the movie, before the credits happen, it says Suspiria and Six Acts. Mm -hmm. So you knew right away that this would be a long one. And then there's that credit sequence uh, with. This kind of confused me at first. I thought they were burying someone or getting Mm -hmm. things ready for a burial. I wasn't completely sure at, at first. I thought they're getting something ready for a wedding.
1: Yeah, I was kind of playing with your kind of senses of what's really going on here. Like, uh, I was being very coy with where this film was going to go.
0: And what sets this one up, well, not just the look. I mean, the look of the new Suspiria has very muted colors. Mm. Um, It's not so in your face. And also, the storyline is different. Like, you know right away that this is a Dance Academy run by witches mm-hmm. um, like the original one it was more of a mystery this one it kind of tells you right away and in this new version the witches are trying to find a replacement of one of the dancers who has escaped uh, she is played by Chloe, Chloe Moritz Grace I think it's Rebecca's as her character
1: she plays a Patricia Patricia that's it yeah which is also the good thing about this film is that there's still the name usage. Like, yeah. you still have Susie Banyan, you still have Patricia, you still have an Olga, you still have Madame Blanc, even though in the original film, most of the characters I forgot what their names were right away. I did too. Whereas, whereas in this film, I was like, oh, they all have names. They're all people that have names that I can kind of understand who's who. Where the first one was like, yeah, you have Susie. Uh, yeah that's all i got for you
0: <laughs> and, and and then too in the original movie yeah i think uh susan gated is the only character i really was following the other characters didn't really matter much like they didn't really they really didn't have any personality in this new version they mm-hmm. do they seem to have like more of a bad story with their characters yeah. um i i we got to mention too that in the beginning of the movie um oh gosh chloe merch character uh some rebecca right my...
1: No, Patricia.
0: Patricia. So she's yeah. visiting uh, this doctor, uh, Dr. Uh, Yosef. Um, uh, fuck, I can't it's, it's, it's it. It's
1: with a K. It's with a K. It's like Kremplinger or something Kremble like that. Kremplinger. Something like that. Let's go with that.
0: Yeah, so it's like that. And, she, and she's telling him <laughs> uh, about uh, the stuff that's going on in school, and he thinks that she's just being paranoid and doesn't really believe her. Uh, that we're following uh, Susie Banyan as she's being part of this dance academy and they're grooming her, um, and she starts to get into this more. Uh, she starts to really kind of bite into. Mm. She wants. She actually does replace uh, Rebecca with that, and she's Patricia. Sorry, she actually does replace <laughs> Patricia. I don't want to call her fucking Rebecca. Patricia <laughs> as <about> wa- right. <laughs> as one of the lead uh, as the lead dancer in this because. Uh, Madame Blanche, H. A. Tull Swinton, uh, she was to putting out this big, I guess, elaborate program about the rebirth of women. Uh, there are throwbacks to, I guess, we should let people know too that this new Sapphira is uh, takes place in 1877 in uh, a divided Germany.
1: Yeah, yeah uh, the east and west, Yeah, the east and west Berlin and uh there's a lot of like weird like not weird but like there's a lot of sociopolitical political stuff going on in the background Which, that they're kind of using like, i in an look, interesting way
0: i got lost with a lot of that stuff there the whole east and west thing i kind of got somewhat mm-hmm. because it's a divide between maybe the witches and the mortals
1: yeah you can you can go with that and there's still like the kind of the ghost of like world war ii and the holocaust still kind of floating around there too and like the f- kind of in the whole thing with the Luf- Lufthansa, with the hostage crisis on the jet plane, with there's a lot of stuff kind of going on in the background, and I, I, I guess you're just kind of like putting things in perspective of time of what's going on, but it, it to me it wouldn't have been a necessary thing, to, to, okay, because. If you're still comparing it to the original from 77, they had none of that. No. Nope. It was literally, it was like, this is a girl who just wants to dance with witches. That's what <laughs> 77 is all about. This one's like, this girl comes from, like, I guess a very, very ultra religious, like almost like an Amish, like, you know, Mennonite type background yeah. in Ohio and kind of going between, like, you know her mother doesn't want this, and she wants this, and they have all, all the dream s- sequences, and there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff going on in this oh, 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 two and a half hour film. <laughs> Gosh,
0: yeah. Um, now I know that the witches were using uh, Susie to be part of this ritual mm. where they're trying to, like, uh reanimate uh, Mother Mother Marcos. Yeah, uh, this other witch has been dead for a while and they're trying to use her power um, now we do have the sequence when Olga wants to try and escape the school and oh, yeah. she knows about the witches and they use Susie's dance to I guess here's what I didn't quite get about this I knew that and I'm sorry, folks. We're going to get into some spoilers here. I probably should mention that from the start. Yeah,
1: sorry about that.
0: <laughs> All right. That's my own fault of being a bad host. But not too much spoilers here. These are stuff you've probably seen clips of the internet anyway, so it's not going to be too major spoilery. i I'm not going to reveal what happens at the very end. Too much. But the <laughs> sequence when Olga gets trapped in that hall of that room of mirrors... Which is a beautiful-looking set. All the sets in this are...
1: Really Practice, cool. rehearsal, or tryout studio, basically. Because that's where you see Susie trying out in front of the other uh, people, the other dance masters or mistresses or whatever you want to call them. And then Madame Blanc comes in. And it's like, oh, Madame Blanc's on my dance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but here's... <laughs> I need your help with this, Matt, all right? You can help me out with this. Because that sequence, huh. when Orkut gets locked in the room... And she gets abused, and it matches with uh, Susie's dance movement. Like every time Susie takes a dance move, yeah. Olga gets hurt really bad. There's a sequence where I thought I saw a face coming out of Olga's face. Was it like another person breaking out of the skin? I wasn't quite sure. Because we here's what irritated me about the scene. It's the fact that it mm. kept cutting back and forth a little bit too much. like
1: Yeah, it, it was a lot of cuts and going back and forth between a real dance and then this basically giant, I mean, mutilation, if you will, at, at this point. I mean, uh, I know this is a scene that a lot of people saw and it's like they, they refer to this scene as like the scene. Like instead of having the scene shot by shot in the original with the girl in the, with the stained glass and getting like Hong and stabbed in the heart. This is it's like their replacement scene, basically. So they're like, well, what other shocking thing can we do? Let's do this. Um, but, but that scene you're talking about, with the, it, it kind of looks like a face within a face. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard because like, the face is like so mangled at that point. So it could just be like the fact that the face is so mangled, it looks like her face is stretched upon her skull or something like We're- that. So it's hard to tell, but I, I, I know what you're talking about, though.
0: Yeah, but tell kind of, whether you're trying to, like, you know, pull, like, her arms away, like, kind of expand her body out or something uh, like that, I, how are they I hurting her? I know they're hurting her bad because she was in a lot of pain and they're, like, working bones, but it kept cutting back and forth too much. Like, I wish they would have set it up that Suzy's dancing is causing this woman's pain and then just mm-hmm. leave it on the older character and let the audience, you know, maybe see more of that. Like It's still kind of like, cut away from really mm. kind of gruesome stuff to put it into your mind. But I wish they would have cut back and forth from Susie's dance to Olga's torments.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, and the whole thing at the end of it too, when she's taken away by the rest of the Coven and everything. And basically she is stored away at that point. Um, it's... I don't know. A lot of that stuff with the kind of torture and mutilation and, you know, what you find out later on, like near – I guess it's probably about the fourth act or something like that in the film where you see the room underneath the school where people are and things like that. I mean a lot of stuff is kind of – and this is the problem with a lot of these films that are made now that are all about witches or about the occult and things like that. I feel like so many people want to copy things like The Witch or Heredity Now Or a lot of these same kind of tropes that are very, like, you know, devil worship and things like that. I mean, it gets a little weird and kind of like a little foggy uh, when it comes to witchcraft. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know anything about witchcraft. I mean, or maybe I do. I don't know. (laughs) Um, So it it, it gets some of that stuff gets a little weird and bogged down. And this film is like so long and there's there's really great moments in it. But there's some really odd moments too where it becomes this experimental art film as opposed to a, a Giallo film. It's like, well, we're going to use Suspiria as like a template and just say oh, we're going to turn into like a Lars Van Career film or something yes! like at the end of it. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I, I, I totally got the vibe of like Antichrist and Dogville yeah, when I was watching the,
1: that. Yeah, I was like, this is Antichrist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially all the, you know, the chapter sleds in this right there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I I like the fact that it was taking place in real time
1: mm-hmm.
0: to make it more grounded in reality, but I never thought that any of the political stuff really had any weight on the story. And I know I might get flack for saying this, though, but I think the weakest element in this movie... Was the psychiatrist who I will spoil it right now is played mm-hmm. by Tilda Swinton and Heavy yeah. up
1: She has three roles in this actually, so
0: that's right. She does, and I I, mean, I have no problem mm-hmm. with her pay, p- playing that role. I thought she did a fine job, uh, but it wasn't her performance that I had a problem with. It was mainly the character. I never understood why that character. I understood that he was a just a Holocaust survivor, and he was upset that he uh basically left when his wife has been he was trying to be his wife but she got taken and he escaped without her and he was feeling guilty about that whole notion i just never thought i just never found out how it connected with the story at the dance academy i mean
1: yeah it's i mean you had to work some kind of like like, you had to have the person in the film I feel that was the audience and he was the closest thing you were really going to have to an audience member kind of seeing things because even in the original like when Susie speaks to one of the detectives or cops or something like that and he starts talking about like well there are a coven of witches that are in the dance studio it's like how does this guy know this like how does he know there's witches in the coven in the dance studio but in here nobody knows it's a complete mystery it's a very secret you know cabal in the school of witches that are working in the dance academy so there's never anybody in the film that's like i'm the smartest guy in the room i know there's witches i'm gonna go and stop them so you know because when he's talking to patricia in the beginning he's like oh these are delusions and he starts at a certain point saying like okay maybe there's more to it than that maybe there's more to the delusion because there's weird stuff going on but he never calls it i was like witch you're a witch
0: <laughs> well, I, I kind of thought the Sarah played by Mia Goth. Mm-hmm. I thought she was kind of the audience because yeah. this here's what's different about this version of Suspiria. Because in the original, we're kind of uh Susie Banyan We're kind of discovering things along with her, and Susie in this one, she kind of goes the way of the witches Is kind of really into the yeah. academy. She mm-hmm. kind of bite into it. It's uh, Sarah. Who you know starts to investigate? She wants to know what happened to Patricia. She's you know that's how they have that sequence when she's talking to uh, Joseph about her disappearance and her trying to investigate stuff. So I really yeah. thought that she was going to be kind of the audience.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they, and they flip it too because I mean, in the in the original, you don't really have anybody. You're like, oh, that's some, that's that would be me in this thing. It's like you have a few characters that are so ground and they ground this. They like they have this film grounded in so much like um what's the word like reality because you have so many things going on around you where you have no choice where it's like damn this is like really real like maybe these witches are real too in real life you don't really know because you have so many things going on and the characters are you know they're 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 kind of they're not naive but they're just kind of like they're they're they're, they're fragile and you're kind of like, oh, you're kind of worried about them a little bit, too. And you don't know what's really going on. So it messes with a lot of kind of motions um, in this film, too. So, oh, yes, it's 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 interesting. When you dance the dance of another, you make yourself in
0: the image of its creator. You empty yourself so that her work can live within you. Do you understand?
1: Yeah. You're in a company now. You have to find your right place. You have to decide. What is it you want to be for this company? Is it the head? The spine? The sex? The heart? The hands. I want to be this company's hands. Higher. Higher.
0: Yeah, so like, what was your kind of take of the movie as a whole? I mean,
1: hmm, I mean, it's, as it's a hard.
0: whole, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I I, I like it. I mean, I, my my biggest thing about hearing how long the film was that was going to be that was oh, going into the film right away. That was going to be my biggest bugaboo. It was like like how do you go from a film that's a tidy 90 minutes to a film that's 150 minutes at that point like i don't see the point. like i'm like why are you expanding like how much more are you including in this film to make it like what kind of social commentary are you adding to it apparently a lot you know and you're adding so many things you're adding things about survivor's guilt and just guilt in general about things you do to people throughout life and if you disappoint people when the regret you have i mean you have a lot of that stuff kind of going on I mean, everything between joseph and you know even susie to a certain degree about what she kind of did to her mother in, in a certain way especially what she does at the very end to her mother yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, won't, we won't spoil that but i mean
0: are you talking it, about at six
1: yeah pretty much that yeah. <laughs>
0: six,
1: when things are just completely insane and then you have the epilogue so you have six acts plus you have the epilogue and um The epilogue, I I liked it. It it cleaned a lot of things up. It kind of still didn't really explain why things are the way they are, but at least you you come to terms with this is the way they are at this point. So, um, and it's interesting with the whole. I I like the backdrop of them using it's still in 1977, but using repercussions from the ghosts of Germany still. You know, there's still a lot of like scary stuff that's you know they're only about what. 32 years removed from world war ii you know east and west berlin are still east and west berlin you know you still have the communist influence and they play that up a lot too about like the fear of you know terrorists and you had a lot of newspapers that say terror 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 things like that i don't know if that's on purpose or not i'm sure it is so but it's also funny too when they're going through this whole like hostage situation like in the real world nobody really seems to be that upset about it too Everyone's like, eh, "Well, that's part of my day," type of thing. So there's a lot of really interesting underlying political intrigue going on. I mean, Luca Guadagnino, he he does a great job, and I mean, this movie's batshit crazy, especially in the, in the last act. Um, but it, is, it also has like that kind of. Did you pick up that kind of like Takashi, Miike Me- type vibe going on in a few things too? Cause I kind of oh did. the
0: spraying blood, every, yeah, I kind of got well, that parts.
1: It was that, but also the scene where she's underneath in, like, the catacombs, and you have, like, the bodies and things like that. That kind of reminded me of things, like, from Audition and stuff like that, too. It had, like, kind of an Audition vibe to me a little bit, too.
0: I got that vibe, too, and also there's a sequence in the dance, the big dance near the end, where, like, every, the, it's, like, shot with, like, the frames per second are very frantic. Like, everyone moves at a much faster frame rate
1: yeah that, that, that yeah. kind of I mean the slow, some of the slow motion scenes and the faster frame rate some of that stuff kind of I was like oh boy it, it got a little bit like wearing on me but a lot of things alike. like
0: yeah. I, I will say this Matthew I think that this is a movie that I will need to watch again a couple if more times dare, to yes. completely understand it and I bet you In fact, I'm sure people will make it now, but remember that movie, uh, uh, Room 237, where it overanalyzes The Shining?
1: Yeah, the conspiracy theories throughout The Shining, and like, look at this! This is what Kubrick really, man, it's like, how do you know? I (laughs) guarantee you
0: there will be a documentary that does it with this movie. in about ten years or so, someone will make a movie... About all the hidden feed, all the hidden things that Luca and want to do with this.
1: Yeah, and it, there's a ton of it. I mean, if you di- if you dig deep down, I mean, there's a lot to kind of digest in um, in this film. And I like the random acts of violence it kind of still adds to that kind of uh, like you're kind of on the edge of your seat a lot of the time on this film too, but there's, it's very intense. The dance scenes are super intense. Like the dance scenes are almost like a horror movie in and of themselves. They're so violent and they are so like visceral and they're like so intense, um, especially the, the, the Volk dance that they do uh, with the red tassels and things like that. It's like very, like a lot of slams and like slaps and it just feels like very intense. Like you never know what's going to happen. And, uh, I don't know it's 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 a polarizing film nonetheless and it is interesting because I had to watch this film in a um, it was like an art it's like my local art house theater but they, they didn't even have it in the main theater they had it like in an upstairs theater that only sat about maybe 20 people or something like that so it was like in a very very small room I mean this is one of these films that I think a lot of people are like, why didn't this film become like wider? Why why isn't it going on more screens? And once you watch it, you're like, oh, there's a reason why this film is going to be on 1,500 screens <laughs> worldwide. Well, the
0: word thing is, it did go wide because it was playing at AMC theaters.
1: Mm, and okay.
0: here's what kind of irritates me about this. and What irritates me the most when an independent feature – Moves to like a bigger theater mm-hmm. is that the bigger chains won't really promote it. They won't put yeah. up any posters. They won't, they won't play any trailers. If they do, it's like one small trailer at the very beginning of the trailer wheel when no one's actually in the theater. So that's what irritates me. I was glad that it was Planet AMC because I've got the AMC's A-list dumps program. so it was one of my free movies so that really helped out a lot so i didn't have to go super far away to go watch this Mm -hmm. so that was score one for me but there was no trailers for this being played at all no one really knew about it the fact the only people that knew about this were people that probably researched it and -hmm. were fans of either call me by your name or maybe other luca guandino features or they have seen the original suspiria and I gotta say, the vibe in my theater got to be quite tense near the end <laughs> of this feature. Cause I can, I can feel the hatred and the admiration of the people in my audience. And it was, I was, I was afraid it was going to blow up into like this big, huge war going on there. Cause I can tell people were getting really bored, people were getting angry. I think when the epilogue came on people were just like really made like no they're don't like what continue. more <laughs> no <laughs> it. how many more in this is this going to have this going to be a lord of the Rings table thing what the fuck
1: <laughs> and
0: I, mean, uh, I, I, <laughs> I felt the same vibe when I went and saw mother and I, I know that both mother and this movie are going to be very polarized in the films
1: yeah. I mean, and Mother was a way like that, that got released everywhere. Mother was a much wider release yeah. than this was, mainly because it's an Aronofsky film. And there was advertisements for it everywhere. Like you couldn't escape seeing without seeing like a Mother trailer or hearing about Mother or something like that. And they advertised the crap out of it. And I liked Mother. I thought it was it's crazy. It's, it's an insane film. If you take it for what it is, it's a like a body Cronenberg horror film about nature. If you really want to break down mother in a lot of ways, but that's another show right there. But um, I'm glad I was able to see this in a small kind of intimate setting. It's people who were literally there for the film. So they knew what they were getting into. You always kind of run that gamble. Sometimes when you're in a bigger multiplex, like an AMC or Regal or, you know, uh, whatever all the other big movie chains are of having those people. It's like, Oh, I heard it's a horror movie. Let's go see it. And then you have this outcry, like you almost ran into, where it's like, "What the fuck is yeah. happening?"
0: Well, and I guess I this would have been, I, I don't mind independent features being played there, but they never last long until they had this, and they had mid '90s, and I remember seeing more trailers for mid '90s than I've ever yeah. seen of *Sapienza*, and both movies only lasted for about a week. And it's hmm. like, yeah, this these are not the movies kinda of meant for these theaters and uh, I kinda of wish filmmakers wouldn't be so quick to get their movies out into a wide release like right away. It seems like when a movie comes out in small theaters, it's like the yeah. next weekend like, we gotta go wide with this.
1: Alright. Yeah, well you only have so much time before the next movie comes. I tell out you, man, the I, movie out, you know.
0: The people will love it, man, alright? You know, yeah. it's got dancing in <laughs> there. People love dancing, alright? Blessed wanted good, you
1: know. <laughs> people love the, people love Fifty Shades of Grey, right? People love Dakota Johnson. Oh, and, and, and the, speaking of speaking of Dakota Johnson, another thing that kind of freaks me out about the film too was uh, the way a lot of the frames were shot, especially with Dakota Johnson. They made her appear very, very, very young. I don't know if you picked up on that, but there was like almost like this very like creepy lurching kind of like. Honor. I mean, I'm sure they they were using it for a certain purpose of like, oh, she's innocent, she's this, she's that, and then of course you get the 180 come the end of the film and stuff like that. But there was this like kind of, I don't know. It looked creepy. Maybe Dakota Johnson just kind of creeps me out. Maybe there's something about her. I'm like, ooh, you know, you're like 30, but you don't look 30. Type no, she does. She's like 30. I don't think she's 30, but you know, she's much, she looks she's much older than she looks in a lot of ways. And I don't know. I mean, maybe it's something in. I don't know if if that's the way. Like the director was kind of making it seem like very innocent, young things like that, you know. But it seemed like some of the things were like kind of to me they were like a little creepy the way it was like being projected on her. Maybe that's my own weird weirdness coming out or something like that. But it just seemed when I was watching the film, like like they're making her seem like this very like young like girl type thing. I don't know. There was a, there was a certain creep. It was very, it made me kind of feel uneasy and weird and like ew like, kind of gross in a lot of ways, but this movie just, was gross. Though, I just so.
0: see that. And yeah. then, <laughs> yeah, well, you were talking earlier about how the dance sequences seem like a horror movie in and of itself. Mm. And that was because it was a. It, uh, the choreograph. Fuck, am I saying that word right there? The ch- choreography. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it actually comes from this type of dance that's supposed to be like more primal mm-hmm. uh, and well, say this though the dancing the dancing th- the dancing the- in this um, is definitely not male gazy. it's uh, very much a primal like these women yeah. are kind of fighting um, like
1: warrior women yeah. warrior
0: woman right there with the makeup and everything it's all about rebirth and mm. them becoming their own thing it's and it's very different from the ballet in the original feature um also here's a fun fact i guess uh, david gordon green who just directed the new halloween movie mm. well, in 2008 he was scheduled to do a remake of this with uh, Natalie portman
1: it, and, and no wonder this i mean this film is also very black swanny too it yes. i guess we're on a new black swan a lot so i guess that makes a lot of sense but Maybe they thought like, hey, David, we are already coming out with Black Swan. Do we really need another dancing movie with Natalie Portman? Probably not. Because, was it Black Swan? Black Swan was probably about 10 years ago at this point, I would assume. I
0: think it was too. I think it would be out. I think you're you're right, yeah. But I think it was at least 2011 or something like that. But yeah.
1: Something like that. So, that would have been a much different film with David Gordon Green behind the helm uh, than uh, Luca (laughs) doing this.
0: You see, uh, you know, and I I said this in my review of Speria on ThatMomentIn.com because I wrote a review about this film right after I saw it. I stayed up until about 2 o'clock in the morning, read my thoughts about this. I probably should give some time. And I mentioned on there that I, I liked the movie. I thought there were certain plot elements that didn't quite fit. And I mentioned at the end that I thought the Neon Demon was a, a good remake. <laughs> because everyone talked about that when uh, the Neon Demon came out. They like, hey, this would be like a good kind of a remake of Suspiria because it has mm-hmm. a weird kind of color palette. It's about this girl who comes to L.A. Yeah, and she, be, and well, she becomes yeah. befriended by a covenant of witches and everything. Yeah, and, pretty much. Uh, it's got the kind of look of it, but it's a completely different feature i don't know if uh he directed suspiria i um nicholas Mind if he did actually do a remake of suspiria it actually would have been a kind of a shot for shot remake kind of change the colors a little bit and i'm kind of glad that luka guanito stepped in and did his own version of this uh this is a completely different telling of the story and that's my favorite type of remake are the ones that are not exact copies. You know, we're not doing a Dust Van Sant shot by shot remake of Psycho with Speria there. And I just really enjoyed that aspect of it. I think if that if he would have kept the focus mainly in school, now you can have like references to things that were going on at that time. But not have it become a major plot point, which is where I feel like the character of yourself feels on the elements. It's
1: I'm, it's it's, a, it's an interesting balance because I mean you want to you want to do something different like you like you said you don't yeah. want to you don't want to do shot by shot remake of Suspiria, mm-hmm. and I mean part of me when I was like oh remake of Suspiria cool I hope I get to see things from the the original film that I really liked, like I wanted to see like, OK, well, if they're going to do a big death scene, what's going to be? Are they going to do the same death scene they did before? Are they going to do something different? They did something completely different that was out of nowhere, which I no, I, I can't say it, I liked more than the other, yeah. but I like the fact that they still incorporated a bit of fan service in a way where they still did a big shocking moment because i think that was kind of important. That sets the tone. That that's that puts the viewer on notice or at least puts the viewer in a very kind of dark place like you don't know what's going to happen next. And it the movie kind of remind me of like you know Cronenberg stuff too like you know a history of violence where there's like these very sudden outbursts of extreme behavior happening happening as well too. You know with you know the the woman sitting at the dinner table and we know what happens to her and there's you know, a few other things that happened so suddenly. You're like, whoa, this is really shocking and jarring. So, I think that was great to keep the audience in a very false sense of security throughout, and just this overall dread. Like, I never felt the sense of dread in the original. Where this one was like very just dready the entire time. Like, oh man, there's like, you know, oh there's like undertones of the Holocaust, and there's like the overtones of like this, uh, um, hostage situation. And then there's there's witches, and then there's the pressures of dancing well for madame Blanc. And there's like all these other things you got to worry about. So <laughs> it, it it was really great in that sense. And the more I talk about the more I do like it. But I still am like, it was a very like demanding film. It it kind it still kind of asked a lot of you to yeah. kind of like, hey, come along. You got to come. I mean, you got to go down the rabbit hole in this one with this You have to embrace everything you're going to see, and even if you don't like it. You're like, what is going on? This is crazy, this but- is insane. <laughs>
0: I I think the original one is a little bit easier to recommend to people. Like you can, people yeah. can watch it as being kind of like a bad movie. Like hey, let's watch this *Spiria*. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be cheesy dialogue. All right, it's going to be have over the top gore scenes. Just let's watch it. It's a short film. I'm not quite sure who to recommend the new one to. Like I've shown my housemates uh, trailers for it, and one of them was like, "Ooh, I really want to see that." That looks yeah. intriguing. And That's what I, a trailer does. Well, I'm like, I'm that, that, well, then I tell her, like, it's over about three hours long. She's like, ooh. I don't
1: know about that.
0: Gosh. I, maybe I'll, I'll rent it. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, but I know when she starts watching it, she's going to get probably irritated at me. Like, why did you recommend this way? Like, I didn't recommend it. You saw a trailer. You wanted to watch it. That's not my fault. I'm completely...
1: Yeah, this is all you. You did this to yourself.
0: Yeah, it's right there with you. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, at the same time, I kind of want to show certain sequences of this movie, especially, like, at six. It's just like people kind of watch all fucked up and crazy things get. I don't know if I can really legitimately have people sit through this movie. And yet I kind of want people to, so I can discuss it with them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... You could show them the final act, and, and it's like, hey, watch this. You want to see some shit? Here's some shit. It's like, hey, do you like Caligula? Do you like Solo? Do you like Takashi Miike films? Do you like Lars Van Trier films? You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, I love all that stuff. It's like, well, watch this. It's like, what the well, fuck are you having me watch right even
0: now? Even if they this don't love that stuff, I want to show them that anyways because I've got a sick mind, and I want to just
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> find weird ways to alienate friends. So, yeah. Duh. Well, this is
1: this is definitely uh, a film that will either make people love you or hate you most <laughs> that's of the time. So true. Uh. <laughs> what what did you think of the uh, uh, Tom York? And, oh, uh, they did for mentioning that.
0: that. Yeah,
1: we. That's a major. That's a major aspect of this film that is a big selling point. I think for a lot of like, he you was know, like, "Hey, I love Radiohead, so I love Suspiria."
0: I yeah. love to score a lot of this. I do, it, but I want to make a soundtrack in fact I was but, I mean, would you to... take
1: this or Goblin over one or the other they're, they're both kind of iconic at this point I mean this is a really great soundtrack but everybody still knows the Goblin soundtrack too you know so
0: yeah I really like what he did um, especially during that last sequence um, I love the open and great song uh, it's very ambient um, mm-hmm. I think uh, compared to like him and Johnny Greenwood. Um, I think Johnny Greenwood's a little bit better composer but they again this is the first time really trying kind to of compose a score for a film. Um, he's not doing anything legitimately connected to Radiohead at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, i I really kind of dug it. I didn't much care for him singing songs in this. I just
1: if some of it was funny, he's like, Is this like the new Radiohead album? Like, yeah. what's going on here? I was kinda like, Oh, it's just Tom York singing. And like,
0: I, oh, okay. I, I kind of felt that took me out of it like, I didn't mind maybe some vocals at the end credits That's fine But I like that main theme mm. During the opening credits If it didn't really have vocals to it Yeah If they would have took that out I think that would have been a much better track And then when they brought the end credits They can play that song again And then put the vocals in there That's fine But I never yeah. really got into it Yeah I, I love it I think it's great um, I don't know which is better But like you said before They are both they both work for the films they did Like uh, Tom York's score would not work for Dio Gento's movie And yeah. Goblin would not work for Luca Guanino's film Yeah they're both Their own separate beasts um, I do agree with what Luca Guanino said That the new Suspiria Is a cover version Of the okay. original <laughs> and he was trying to basically uh, evoke the same feelings that he had when he first saw Suspiria. And I can see that too. I can kind of imagine someone watching this film for the first time and being kind of inspired by it to maybe create something more crazy.
1: Too. And yeah,
0: and intense there.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it, but it's it's difficult too because I mean having seen the the original so many times, this is what the movie's really going to come down to, interestingly enough. It's like, somebody who's never seen the original Suspiria, they might enjoy the hell out of this film. Whereas people who've seen the the original Suspiria are big fans of that. This is such a different, jarring experience that I mean, it's, it's a pretty devoted following for the original. But they're so different and dynamic in their own interesting little ways. So... I don't, I don't well, know. It's, this is going to be the ongoing debate now yeah. on this well,
0: film. Here's the thing too, because when I was like looking up user reviews on IMDb, everyone that seemed to like not like this movie have seen the original Suspiria, and the people that have really liked this movie have not seen the original Suspiria. And then there mm. have probably been a few that have seen both, and they're like more like middle ground. They're like, well, I did this one about a five. Or maybe a uh, 6 at the <laughs> most out of 10. Um, and then there's either like Hardcore 1 or 2. And then 10s were for the people that have not really seen the original. And the ones that have or previous one are about 5 or so. So it's, yeah, it's kind of a, a mid bag on this one.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I will say this though. After I saw the original Suspiria... And I was looking up some facts here from the cast and crew. Um, we mentioned this uh, cinematography of the 1977 Suspiria being very kind of like colorful and lush. I looked up that cinematographer. His uh, name is uh, Luciano Tavali And mm. now I want to check out his other films. A few of these I've seen before. But one I recently picked up on Laserdisc. And I want to watch it. So he mm. was a cinematographer for single white female Huh. Uh, kiss of Death. Hmm. Uh, murder by Numbers. And one called Monkey Trouble.
1: Monkey Trouble.
0: Which has Harvey Keitel and thor Birch.
1: Oh yeah, that's what the 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 thief monkey and uh, Harvey Ketel is like the he looks like a pirate.
0: Yeah, that's the <laughs> one. So the guy who shot Suspiria. With all those crazy colors, was the cinematographer (laughs) from Monkey Trouble? So I, I kind of want to watch it to see if I can (laughs) recognize any type of color palettes.
1: It was, it was a slow year that year. He's like, (laughs) I can't find, I can't find. Didn't he? I can't find. Did he work? It's like, hey, you want to shoot Monkey Trouble? It's like, yes, I will, manja. (laughs) <laughs> that was my my incredibly insensitive Italian uh, caricature. I apologize.
0: <laughs> Sorry, man. Oh, and uh, also in the Netflix series, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, they mm. do homages to the original Sabrina because they play. They actually show uh, the I guess the not the mirror, but on the top of the door that multicolored I guess a glass.
1: Oh, the stained glass. Stained yeah.
0: glass. Yeah, they have that in there. And there are sequences that has the same wallpaper that was in Susie's dorm.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: That crazy. See, thing. I
1: mean, it's it's a film that stands the test of time. There's still yeah. a lot of uh, people that really like the film for good reason. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 definitely one of those films that has uh, inspired a lot of filmmakers. So good on that.
0: So, at a score of like one to five, any final thoughts of the recent Suspiria, the 2018 version? What would you give it at?
1: Ooh, I think we kind of got this movie kind of broken down. I mean, without spoilers, nonetheless, which is yeah. really nice. So, I mean, go out there and store. Still... Oh, and you got to catch it on uh, um, uh, on demand or however they're gonna uh, stream it first. Um. <sighs> If I'm going to totally divorce myself from the original Suspiria, which I have to do to be fair to this film, um, I, I'm i going to give this a – I'm going to give it a four um, just because it's a, it's a pretty ballsy film um, to take so many different ideas and really – put him into a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour film and still make it reasonably like cohesive and coherence most of it, and it's muted and dreary and dark and damp and kind of gross and grimy. It, it, it just makes you kind of like squirm in your seat a little bit. There's a lot of that going on in this film, but um, I think uh, Luca uh, Guadadino, he does a, a great job, and he's obviously a fan of Argento and a fan of the original, too, so he uses enough of those um, homages and things that he liked about the original film, and kind of incorporates him. So you still get enough fan service because I think Jessica Harper she even has a cameo in this too. So. She does, yep. Yeah, so he's still in this. So he has little things that can still get the fan the fanboys out there that still love like '77 Suspiria. But um, overall, I mean, it's. It's it's a film that would probably be have to be watched again because there there are a lot of different little things going on. It's a very busy film. It's not as busy as let's say like a Marvel film where you have to look for all the Easter eggs, but um, there's definitely a lot of really cool, interesting things. I like all the performances. Dakota Johnson, who for some reason when I was talking telling my wife about this film, I was like Dakota Fanning. I don't know why I kept calling you Dakota Fanning, <laughs> but that's but whatever. Uh, but Mia Goth was really good. I thought her character was probably one of the, one of my favorites. In the film, uh, I love Tilda Swinton was, you know, in her three roles. You know, pretty much I knew she was two of them. Uh, I didn't know about the third, so I was like, wow, that's Tilda Swinton too. Um, but overall, just an interesting film. Not perfect. This is a super polarizing film. This might be probably the most polarizing film you'll see all your Genre fans or not, but uh, I still give it a four, though four out of five.
0: Or five. All right. um, I'm a little bit less on this one I'm still keeping my score From my original review uh, 3.5 Is where I'm going with the last one here But I know my uh, view of this movie Will change The more times I see it um, This will eventually be my Mulholland Drive Where each time I watch <laughs> it I will come out of it with a different experience and I'll see with new eyes um yeah I think all the cast is good in this um it does build uh suspense and tension which I really enjoyed. everything that happens inside the dance academy with Susie and Sarah and Olga investigating it and also the plot line with Madame Blanc um doing her dance routine and then she has uh Change at the end as well, which I really enjoyed. Everything that works great. It's just the extra stuff, all the political stuff that happens outside the academy. I didn't really care much for, and I never thought that it really added anything to the story. But I know when I watch it again, I'll be able to go, "Oh, okay. Well, here's what we. This is what Luca was commenting it on, and that's why it made sense with the storyline." I'm sure if I watch this with a commentary track, I'll be like, oh, okay, well, that's what he was going for. But for right now, I was like, I just don't care. Why does it need to be in there? It's a freaking (laughs) two-and-a-half-hour long movie that didn't need to be two-and-a-half hours long. The score is incredible. Uh, It looks great. Um, But yeah, I'm still going to stick with my uh, three-and-a-half stars. I do recommend people see it if this is the type of movie that you're lurking out for, and you should be able to tell right from the trailers what type of movie this is. Uh, this is not a movie that is misleading at all. It's marketing. It kind of tells you, but you should be able to look up on the times on your theaters and be like, oh, this is about a three hour long movie. Do I want to commit myself to this or not? And if you don't know about that, then you're a freaking moron. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I overall, I liked it. But I still love the original Suspiria more than this because it's a nice, easy watch. There's this; it's not a big, disgusting piece, but it's still fun to watch and have people discover it that it has never done it before. Uh, but I do want to say thank you, Matthew, mm. for giving thank me you your for, thoughts.
1: Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on talking hey. about. We talked about this. Uh, we only spent about what. 15 minutes on the first one. We spent another 45 on just talking about uh, the the remake. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to discuss in this film.
0: There so, is. You know.
1: It's good time.
0: Well, before you go, please tell us what's going on at Simplistic Reviews.
1: Uh, what is it going on on Simplistic Reviews? Um, well, we had a lot of really cool, great reviews out for uh, October, of course. So you can revisit those all about horror films and suspense and mystery and all types of other stuff on there. Um, and if anybody's been on the site lately, you'll notice the kind of new design that we're doing for reviews, too. We're not doing really long form reviews. We're kind of taking it back old school. We're kind of reinventing. We're we're, we're doing a Madonna thing to to the website. We're reinventing ourselves by going Truly simplistic with the reviews now. We're going back to the one word phrases. Uh, so we're going to keep um, kind of, you know, making that a bigger part of the website, going back to the roots. And recently, uh, you can download the, pot, the podcast. Uh, go on iTunes or Stitcher or uh, TuneIn Radio, wherever our podcast can be found, Google Play. And we have a new commentary for the uh, commentary vault for the Richard Graco Classic. Um, if looks could kill. Yeah. Uh, basically, Richard Rico is a spy in high school. And it's <laughs> weird.
0: <laughs> Here's the word thing, too, about your movie commentaries, all right? And mm. maybe you can explain this to me. You have movie commentary without movie sounds and with yeah. movie sounds, which mm-hmm. – why did you do it that way?
1: I think we wanted to give people frame of reference of what we're actually talking about because sometimes if you are listening to it in the car – you're probably listening to us ramble on about something you have no idea what you're talking about or what we're talking about. Cause we don't even know what we're talking about half the time. So we give the option to the audience where if you want to, you know, sit in your house and, you know, get that audio commentary, if you want to you know, slide in that laser disc or that Blu-ray or that, they don't have a Blu-ray yet, but laser disc or VHS or for watching it on the internet somewhere, you know, from nefarious means you can listen to us riff on it while you watch it. Or if you're, I don't know, driving into work, you know, or something like that. You're like, I'm going to listen to this uh, audio uh, commentary. At least you know what we're talking about. Like, you, you, I mean, it's just a little bit of an extra thing that we do. Um, Not sure how many people listen to it with the actual movie um, audio, but we like to give people choices. We're all about choices here. We're all about giving the audience what they want, even if they don't know they want it yet.
0: I listened to you one about Killer Clowns from Outer Space because I own the movie, and I want listen. I'm, I'm glad you're doing this though, because most of these movies are stuff that I don't own, and I don't know mm. exactly where to get it unless I pay to rent it.
1: Yeah, and most of the stuff, that, especially with the Andy Sidera stuff that we've done, most of the stuff you can find right on YouTube. It's free. Go to YouTube, really? check out some check out some of the Andy Sidera stuff. You know, it's it's free to watch right there at on, at your fingertips right there so like hard internet,
0: ticket to, like hard ticket to Hawaii
1: uh, hard ticket to Hawaii is on there absolutely really? uh, Malibu Express is on there uh there's there's all types of great stuff on uh, YouTube um yeah um, most of our stuff is free I mean, you could find it pretty easily on just on YouTube or okay. Vimeo or yeah so you know, I'm giving YouTube free publicity as if <laughs> they don't need it already so yeah pay the man pay.
0: YouTube pay them
1: pay us pay pay Vern pay. Vern needs it.
0: Pay, pay, pay both simplistic reviews and just pay me a little chump change. I'm fine.
1: Yeah, get get a little little stipend right there. But yeah, stipend. you could check all all that good stuff out. Uh, just go to simplisticreviews.net. That's where all the goodness is right there, and all the links are available. And we're on Twitter, and we're on Instagram, and we're pretty much wherever the internet is sold. That's where you could find us uh, selling and out.
0: Simplistic reviews is one of the best podcast shows ever ever and
1: we did not pay him to say that
0: all right it is actually just seriously a lot of fun if this is your first time listen to cinema recall i appreciate you listening to our show wait till this show's done and then go back and listen to some positive reviews podcast uh dj valentine justin polizzi Matthew Stewart, mm-hmm. and Announcer julie yeah just just a lot of a lot of great fun i love that show mm-hmm. so much the only, thing I, the only thing I hate about your show is that it takes a long time for episodes to come out that's yeah, it yeah 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 it, it's they, worth it'm sure it.
1: it's worth it I mean we do an episode once a month but we supplement it with the audio commentary so you yeah. get to hear us at least twice you know at least twice a month but yeah. you know we we take our time with the show we're uh, we're not your traditional uh, Podcast where you know you're just going to hear a lot of reviews and you're going to hear about the news of the week. I mean, you're getting a uh, you're getting some excellent production value, mostly courtesy of uh, DJ Valentine's uh, very hard, extensive research and hard work and uh, everything else in between. So uh, it's we're, we're a three headed monster, but some you know good things come to those who wait. You know, you just got to wait a little bit longer for us stuff. You know, it's like you know it, it's worth the squeeze. It's oh, worth it. it's worth the it's worth <laughs> to get your cherry pop once a month. You
0: know? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, well, as for Cinema Recall, definitely check out our other episodes uh, on the site Uh We're on Twitter at cinema underscore recall. Uh, send us an email. I know sometimes people do emails. So they're kind of a weird thing. It's kind of like in the past. Say like snail mail. But send us emails. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, cinema Recall. At gmail.com. Uh, thanks everyone for listening to us. Uh, but that's going to wrap up with them for right now. Thanks again, everyone. And we will see you later.